Hey, welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Like, subscribe, leave us a five-star. Cards After Dark, Hard Knocks, <laughs> Episode 1, post-game show, Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock. Bo, you know it's going to be a compelling evening when the first comment I read says, this ain't the Big 12, and in relation to Kingsbury <laughs> and the perception following Episode 1, we got a ton of takeaways, but most importantly, Steve Trout from... NFL Films Hard Knocks director will be joining us at some point during the show. A lot to break down, my friend. Absolutely. A lot to kind of digest. I knew like when we're watching that and and they're talking about Cliff Kingsbury and you hear the the narrator extraordinaire Lee Shriver, who's got the voice of God, kind of just kind of a puff piece for Cliff yeah. Kingsbury, who right now with the Cardinals at three and six and the offensive woes is not uh, somebody that's looked kindly upon by Arizona Cardinal fans, but uh, they gave a glimpse a little bit of who Cliff is. I thought it was interesting that he has his staff vet anything that gets to him so he doesn't have to take any you know, ricochet shots or any unnecessary hits or any hits at all as far as from the media or fans or anybody trying to uh, reach out to Cliff Kingsbury. You know, I'm going to make a bold statement. I thought Cliff, and there's still, we got a ton more episodes to break down. Yeah, I sure. thought Cliff was going to come out of this looking, you know, way better than public perception. I don't feel so good about that after tonight, mm-hmm. just based on the fact that it just kind of looked like a dude hanging out, you know. And again, yeah. we didn't get into the nitty gritty of film sessions, and and we may not. And you knew we we're going to get an inside look, but you know, the the crib walkthrough, which is great for like casual fans. But when we've watched this team, when we've lived this team, penalties, mistakes after mistakes, in incompetence offensively, it's like mm, I don't, I don't love the optics from Cliff Kingsbury. I'll be honest. After this first show, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he needs his astrological sign. Maybe something needs to change there for him to to have a little bit more success as far as th- this team goes and how the offense plays. But you know the. the the lion picture with the crown. We found out that he's he's probably a Batman fan. He's got a few like Batman, uh, not watercolors. What are those? Paintings I, up in his house. He's yeah. a murder mystery guy. I can tell you who killed the the offense. I, I figured it out. I cracked the case as far as who's murdered the Arizona Cardinals offense. And it's it's unfortunately uh, the number one suspect is is Cliff Kingsbury. But no, I mean. It, it was uh, it was an interesting episode. I mean, let's start with from the beginning before we okay. start, we, we talk to Steve Trout. I mean, it starts with Kyler Murray dejected, walking off the field in Minnesota, you know, and and then it kind of comes to a head where he spikes his helmet and shows, you know, how how pissed off he is with how you know because that game was just as, as Wolf put it in the on the broadcast as they showed there was missed opportunities as we outlined after that loss, missed opportunity after missed opportunity. Um, and then they kind of take you through kind of for the national audience who these guys are, who Cliff Kingsbury is, who Kyler Murray is, uh, and then Buda Baker is an absolute star. I see everybody in the chat saying that. I need a Buda jersey now. Uh, absolutely, Buda Baker is was a fan favorite, even more so now as you kind of get a glimpse of him and how he's, uh, he's kind of taken on his little sister who's going to go to ASU, it looks like. But... Um, yeah, I, I don't think that Cliff did himself any favors. Probably a national audience doesn't truly get the true context of why the fans are upset with him after seeing that kind of how it played out. I don't know. What were your thoughts, Johnny? Well, I had my bingo cards bingo card out, and um, <laughs> number one was Michael Bidwell flies a plane easily. Yeah. Check that box every time. 
Watt doing something wholesome. You can check that box every time. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury in his home in Paradise Valley talking about his cool shit. I definitely thought that was a lock for the episode. Uh, <laughs> we kind of previewed this on our show at 4 p.m. We didn't expect like an in-depth look at Kyler Murray's life yet. I think that's coming. Mm-hmm. Good. Tease that HBO. That is what I'm most interested in. I'll tell you what, though. Like, I was impressed with a couple of different aspects. Number one, Buda Baker, it's it's easily the star of the show in a positive light for this fan base. Cares, but you know that. Like, he's their best player or one of their best players. Yeah. What I didn't love was very much like the mindset when D-Hop came back the conversation between Van Jefferson and or Van Jefferson Senior, right, and then Cliff John Kingsbury, Jefferson, yeah. John Jefferson, his son's Van, um, basically like Hopkins is back, we're saved. Look, guys, D Hop's back, <laughs> and it, I just didn't get the sense that like, you know, anything other than thank goodness he's back because shit's hitting the fan. And I'm like, it's cool for us to say that and the fans to say that, but I I did not. Sean to me was just kind of vibing this episode, just like I don't know. That, yeah. that, that I, conversation and, and, between but I'll Sean say and this. Cliff was, was a little yeah. strange. I'll say this. At least D-Hop wasn't buying into it, right? Right. I mean, he at least like, D-Hop, he was like, what's going on here, dude? I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're sending, I, I'm feeling uncomfortable with how, yeah. how you're complimenting me right now. That was a right weird now. conversation <laughs> entirely. But now, I mean, like the star with the good players are good. We knew who was good before this show. And then the usual suspects got time finished in the episode with his hand over his face, sitting next yeah. to Michael Bidwell, like, Jesus What's now, gonna happen? I'm concerned about how I they took you through them watching the game and just seeing how they interact with each other. It, I mean, AJ, I, you know, Kaim, his face looks like his his job is on the line and absolutely should, right? But the way that they were dapping each other and the way You're that they're buddy right. buddy, I think that I right. mean, I was concerned. Like, is is Bidwell really? Because if you don't know, I mean, this is a relationship that's over two decades old. And as far as yeah. everything that Steve, Michael Bidwell knows about team building, it's through Steve Kime. And uh, I just, I'm concerned that he's not going to be able to, if he, to pull the trigger on, on letting him go. Well, here's, I'm not knocking Michael Bidwell. I think he's a good owner. And I think he's good for the city and the team, but he, I don't think he's married. Right. And typically like right. you've got issues at work, you go to your spouse. Like certainly, you know, that's, that's common practice, your husband, your yeah. wife, whomever, um, he doesn't have that. Right. And so he's got his buddy at work who just happens to run personnel for the team. So I'm 100 percent with you. I would feel uneasy about that. And I also your your boy Liv Shriver at the beginning is like expectations are high. They went to the playoffs last year. Well, OK, they were 10 and two and they collapsed and got embarrassed in January. Like, let's yeah. contextualize it and, and say what's actually happening. And they're underachieving this year. And the offense is the problem. And Cliff Kingsbury coaches the offense. And Steve Kime would have to hire his fourth NFL head coach. Like, there are layers that the casual fan, we get it. The folks in the chat get it. Casual fan doesn't get that. It's like, oh, look at this young, hot coach for Arizona. They were in the playoffs last year. I'm sure they'll bounce back. The GM, look at all this talent, right? I don't know. We we watch, I feel like Cardinal fans, us in the Valley, will watch that episode very differently than everybody else in the country. No. That's not diehard football. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. There were a couple of things too. Uh, I agree, Aaron, as far as Kyler looking at the film, you know, watching film and seeing who he missed. Uh, and we we kind of figure it out what started the interaction on the sideline between him and DeAndre Hopkins. It was DeAndre Hopkins going up to him saying, hey, you know, what did you see out there? Pretty much, I'm open, you know, uh, paraphrasing, get me the football. We saw that and we also saw, you know, why he ended up on, why Kyler Murray ended up on the injury list today, the injury report. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and it makes, does it make you feel a little bit more comfortable to, to know that he played with it for the, for the most of the game? And then we find out that Cliff Kingsbury was wrong as far as when Buddha got injured because he got injured on the last offensive drive for the Seahawks yeah. uh, when Kenneth Walker got, got into the end zone. It, well, it makes me feel better. like I, you know how I feel. I deliberately think that they're kind of leaning into this hamstring potentially because of the situation against the Rams and your interior line. Like I had that conspiracy theory on Monday, then that came out. <laughs> but clearly you heard it. Kyler tweaked it at the end of the first half against yeah. Seattle. My my problem is, though, is like you can't play not to run right now with the state of this offensive line. You can't sit back there and expect to throw darts against this Rams secondary. I think he has to be able to move. And I'm sure that's what they're deciding, like because the, the he's in, he's instinctive. The play is going to break down. The offensive line is going to get engulfed at times by 99 Aaron Donald. He's got to be able to manipulate the defense outside of the pocket, just like the Hopkins touchdown to begin the game last week. He rolled outside the pocket because the pressure was so immense. I I. I don't know if it's worth having Kyler Murray be a lame duck with a hamstring, even if you're like, well, he's not going to run. Running's part of his game, at least right now with this offense mm-hmm. that's so limited. Yeah, absolutely. It is in, in, in what he had to do just on that opening drive, their first right. touchdown in the first quarter of the season is he had to convert and they showed it. Uh, and, and DeAndre Hopkins acknowledged it like, hey, good run on that, uh, where he converted a long third down. And it moved the chains on that drive that ended, eventually ended up in the DeAndre Hopkins touchdown. And then it was it was just really rough sledding from there. All the penalties. And then you hear before the game, like the practice leading up, no more self-inflicted wounds, uh, no more issues. You know, during the game, they're talking about it. And then what do they do? 12 penalties. And, and what is it? Eight pre-snap penalties. And it was yeah. just, you know, actions have to speak louder than words with this team so far because you can't take anything they say at face value anymore because they've struggled so mightily, especially on the offensive side of the football with penalties, with protection. Uh, it, it really was kind of interesting to kind of have the, the curtain pulled back a little bit on all of that. Yeah, you know, uh, great comments. Thank you so much, guys, for the engagement. Yeah. We're happy we're here. We're going to do these every single Wednesday night following Hard Knocks. AJ, I like that Kyler wants to win and grow, but Kime did not get him no O-line. And Cliff, man, he needs to go. He ain't no leader at all. Bro makes the dumbest speeches, which mean nothing. And again, that's <laughs> that's an extreme take. I love it, AJ, and I, I'm inclined to believe you w- with a lot of what I saw from Cliff Kingsbury tonight. We didn't dive too much on Kime. I feel like that's coming. Dylan Peterson, thank you so much. Four ninety nine yeah. super chat. The thing that stood out to me, Bo, the most was when Cliff was trying to talk to his players on the sideline. None of them were looking at him. Bad look. What do you make of that? Yeah, yeah, it was interesting to kind of see him. Uh, it was almost too composed. It was too composed for what I felt like the moment was because they know the the week leading up, they knew this was a must win that they needed to win two of the next three games to put themselves in a situation. And now you're, you're looking at taking on daddy McVay and the Rams on Sunday and then a Monday night game in Mexico city against the 49ers to kind of see that there wasn't that much sense of urgency. So you like your, your leader to be calm, cool and collected, but I don't know if that's really what you needed in the moment, but let's, uh, let's kind of table that for now. We've got a great guest coming on from NFL films, director Steve Trout joins us here on PHNX Cardinals and P- uh, Steve, thank you so much for taking some time. Uh, we just watched the debut episode of hard knocks. How much input did you have into this episode? Uh, premiering for cards fans and everybody around the nation watching on HBO. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 as the senior director, you know, I, I, I kind of head up the team there in Tempe um, gathering all, you know, 
uh, gathering all the day stuff. So I, I, I had a big hand in, in you know, uh, look, it's a big, big group of us who are working on this. So um, it's just me talking to you. But there's about 80 of us combined in Tempe and back in the opposite films who uh, have a hand in it. Hey, Steve, thanks again. Johnny Venerable, uh, appreciate you joining us. The biggest question I think Cardinal fans have is, you know, the season's not going great. Um, you know, the team site does great work, but this is coming from HBO. This is a third party objective company that's giving everybody an outside look at this team. Uh, do the Cardinals have any say, and you're allowed to say, uh, with what goes on the screen and not? Does Michael Bidwell come to you and say, hey, guys, we can't do this, we can't do this? Or when you sign up for Hard Knocks, it's, it's fair game. No, look, you know, it's an NFL Films production that's aired by HBO. And and how NFL Films has been able to do this for 20 years is because we have a trust with with the teams. And so, no, they once you sign on and, and why the Cardinals are so, you know, such a good franchise, they're, they are fully transparent, guys. So they no, I mean, there's nothing that, that they steer into the episode or steer out of. What we do do is allow them to see some stuff, make sure there's no uh, plays on the whiteboard in the background yeah. or audibles or play calls. That's the only thing we do. We're not here to tilt the competitive edge in any uh, manner. So we want to make sure we're not doing that. But no, they trust us and they know that we're going to tell the story uh, in, in the best way and the most genuine way that anybody can. Uh, Steve, you've been involved in the All or Nothing series with the Cardinals a couple of years ago, hard knocks several seasons, last year's in-season hard knocks with the Indianapolis Colts. Is the, is the first episode, especially with the in-season, the toughest to cut up? I mean, I'm sure you're dealing with so much content. Is it, is it by far the hardest one to put together and, and put it underneath the 60-minute cap? Yeah, absolutely. Because even if you think back to All or Nothing, guys, that aired in April. That like aired four yeah. or five months after the year. So this yeah. airs real time. And so we're trying to catch viewers up to where we are in week nine and then also get you into week nine. So, yeah, and I mean, you know, we had a really good problem with this. Is we had so much stuff that we're saving some for week two. Um, and that's a very good problem to have, at least in our world. Steve, how do you pick your spots with a team like the Cardinals? Obviously, you got your heavy hitters like Kyler, like D-Hop, but you guys like go through a list of players you think the casual NFL fan would want to get to know. You talk about storylines, the the in-depth research that you do coming into this project. I mean, talk to us a little bit about why you highlight the folks that you do. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very clear. We knew about the star power here. Um, but Steve Sable had a great saying, which I say all the time. It's like building an airplane in flight. So you, you can have a, 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 a flight plan and, and stealing up words from Michael's scene. But in this case, you just kind of go where the plane takes you. Um, and so it became clear early on what a leader and what a pulse Buddha had and was of this entire team. So I think the casual viewer knows D-Hop and JJ and Kyler and Cliff. They don't know Buddha. So I think this first episode really naturally and genuinely showed you how ingrained he is in the pulse of the entire franchise. Obviously you're playing to a national audience, but we've got diehard Cardinals fans, especially in the chat here. And uh, when you're playing to a bigger audience like that and trying to familiarize them with this Cardinals team that we follow every day, what maybe did you, were you not able to put into this premiere episode and it's going to pass us up and it's not going to be able in the future episodes. What maybe did you cut that you, that you thought maybe Cardinals fans would love, but maybe wouldn't play to a national audience. Well, you know, what's funny because we, if to, to do a show like this, we're almost, 
shooting 200 times what makes air. So in a way, it's about one half to one percent. Maybe it's a hundred. It's in the middle there, but it's under one percent of what we shoot makes air. And you have to, to 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 get a good hour, a good fifty-one minutes of whatever it was tonight. So there's a lot um, that doesn't make it. And whether it's you know it, it's got to be that top half percent. And you know we'll use maybe years down the road do something else with some of this stuff. And to your point, it's a good point. There's probably a lot out there that Cardinals fans would like, but we're here to tell the best story. You know what I mean? For sure. And and, and make the best little hour-long films each week. Steve, I'll pose my last question to you. Uh, what everybody wants to see is when are we going to get a look inside? Kyler Murray's a very private person. It has to happen, <laughs> right? He's got kind of this stigma of a gamer, which I know Cardinal fans don't love. The ownership maybe doesn't love that either. Like, are we going to dive into that dynamic and get a peek behind Kyler Murray's personal life at all? Yeah, look, I, I got to, I'm serious. Like, I, I got a hand to the Cardinals. They've been so transparent. Every single person from the top down is like, whatever, you know, we told them early on, we're here to tell your story. This might be the only chance and the best chance you have your, of your whole career to tell your real and genuine story. And everyone's bought into that. Um, so, yes, you, you're going to see the genuine look at a lot of these guys, not just Buddha, not just Kyler, but to answer your question, yes. But you're going to get a lot deeper layers at a lot of the guys. Who's stood out to you as far as this team? Who shows up on film the most, kind of being an under-the-radar star and in, in is going to pop up later in the season? Well, I mean, I don't know about later in the season, but we weren't expecting Buddha to be this, mm. to be that human pulse of the team. Um, we ramp up uh, for the first eight weeks of the year. We're there for a couple of days of the, uh, of the week, and then week nine, we're there full time. But it became so clear every locker room after the wins and losses of the first eight weeks who this guy was. And so that really, really uh, stuck out to us. And I, we love the fact we got his sister involved because you see this guy crying in the locker room and you see what he does, then you see him as a big brother. And that's what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to take the helmet off these guys and – and not make them just football robots, but to make them big brothers in the, in this case. So I love the fact he did that. We, we, we've got some more coming down the road, but I can't spoil it too much. Yeah. Steve, no, great first episode. Thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. Hard Knocks director, NFL Films. Bravo. Excellent job to you and your team as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Uh, and all those Emmys, you know, and, and you got the light blaring off of them. He doesn't just, have Uncle uh, Pop. He's got an Emmy. No, he's got Emmys. He's got Emmys. He, he doesn't have the the lion picture in the background, though. That's a little disappointing. But uh, no I, one great should stuff. have that. <laughs> no one <laughs> should have that photo. But it was it was great to talk to Steve Trout. Uh, I've been talking to HBO. It sounds like we're going to get some bet, some great guests uh, the rest of the way out here as as Hard Knocks continues with the Arizona Cardinals. I've uh, got to tell you about our friends over at Four Peaks. Not only are we doing kind of a recap for Hard Knocks and watching that show, but we're also watching the World Cup in less than 10 days now. We're teaming up with Four Peaks. We're going to host all U.S. and Mexico World Cup matches at their 8th Street Pub. You can enjoy beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances, more. Check the link in the show notes. You can register for free, and you can lock in where you're sitting, where you're watching the World Cup in the next couple days also got to tell you about ogs we are absolutely pumped to repartner with ogs they've been in the fold since this past spring and our partnership's going to continue and grow they've got a new deal with ph next terms of the agreement they're not released at the time and the sources close to the two sides say that we're incredibly excited and looking forward to creating more great content between the brands as always you can find 
them at your local dispensary. Look up more of their products online, ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. Got to be 21 years or older and enjoy responsibly. CDH 410, a uh, friend of the show in the chat, always makes me laugh. Uh, st- in reference to Steve when he was on, please show that fraud kime and Jordan P <laughs> facts. Uh, sorry, I didn't get to that, that, that question, CDH, <laughs> but oh man. You know, listen, we're, we're in a unique position where we watch the show. We don't hate watch it, but I think yeah. if the Cardinals were winning, we could sit back and just be like, yeah, this is the infrastructure, man. This is how they're getting it done every Sunday. We feel great about it. And instead, <laughs> we, we've we been watching shitty football on Sunday. And so it's just like, yeah, I can get why no one respects Cliff. And yeah, these plays are terrible. And look at these coaches. What are they doing? And the players aren't good enough. It's a fascinating case study, Bo, because again, the, the expectation was they thought they were going to be a contender this year. And listen, they could go on a run. We'll see. We're hopeful. But, you know, where things are trending, not great. And instead, they're three and six. And, you know, it's just it's the ugly side of doing this in the season. And this is only really the second time this has been done. It was with the Colts last year who made yeah. a second half run before, you know, fumbling that finale in Jacksonville. It's fair to wonder, like, will the Cardinals even be – you know, how much longer are they going to be able to take themselves seriously with this? Well, I mean, it's tough to just bet on this team, not just as far as looking at the, the spreads, but just to say, hey, they're going to get it done because the first, you know, at three and six, nine games of the season, they, have, they haven't performed. They've, they've immensely underperformed, underachieved. So to say, hey, they're going to turn around, nothing has really shown you that outside of really the New Orleans game where they played pretty well starting in the second quarter and then they scored their first first quarter touchdown this past week so betting on the cards at this point uh and and saying hey i I feel like change is coming and they're going to play better football going forward i I just think that that's you're just doing that with a half glass full mentality and that you're just trying to be optimistic to be optimistic where nothing has really shown you that uh, I, I agree. Cardinals update. I, I, I'd written that down too as part of the notes that Isaiah Simmons, who I've noticed since OTAs, has been working out with the safeties and the DBs. And yeah, his position group. Yeah, shocking to see him with the DBs and the safeties uh, in, as far as who he watches film with. And yeah, I mean, he might be a star linebacker, but let's be honest, he plays slot corner. And he plays in the defensive secondary. He might say, it might say he's a linebacker, but he's, a, he's, a, he's easily a DB. He's been great, but I wonder if that affects him during the game. Uh, you yeah. think? I think that's been affecting him since they drafted him and they didn't put him at one position. Well, he couldn't even get on the field in the last offensive drive for Seattle because you they were going to be run heavy. What about that? Where you see Vance Joseph saying, we, we, were, we told you about to look out for the boot. Look out for the boot. And there's no that fit concern- going 50 plus well, yards. That concerns me because that that tells me this late in the season and in Vance and Cliff's tenure, the players, even if they're calling the right plays and the right schematics, are tuning them out in certain instances. I like I can I can sympathize with Vance in that scenario, but you've had your hands on this team for four years. This is this is your group. You've mentored and cultivated a lot of these talents defensively. Like, why are they listening to you? That's what I I I know you know Vance. I think he's a really smart defensive coordinator, but it's more than just calling the defense. I, the preparation for this team, I think, is the biggest thing. We're like, we didn't get a ton of practice footage, and they were fucking around in the rain with some music. That mm-hmm. was fine, but like to me, if I'm a Cardinal fan watching it, I'm I'm a little bit underwhelmed. But I'm gonna tell you what I'm not underwhelmed by. It's our friends at Underdog Fantasy. You can search in the App Store, click on the links in the show notes, sign up with promo code. 
PHNX underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100. If you're into betting on Colt McCoy and John Wolford, potentially this Sunday, looking for the hires or lowers, you can do that on underdog. That's underdog fantasy promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today. Game time app. Listen, Suns are, are playing tonight. Those seats were hot. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, Cardinals tickets in a couple of weeks, I think are going to go for a song on the game time app. Cardinals taking on the Chargers at home. We got Mexico City, then back at State Farm Stadium. You're thinking to yourself, I, you know, I don't want to spend a premium right now. I'm not sure if the team's going to do well. Number one, let's support them. Also, let's save up to 60% on tickets when you buy last minute. It's great for you procrastinators out there. It's the best way to support us. Just hammer the link below. And speaking of hammer, like this video, Bob Brock. Yeah, I see Alex in the chat where you saw Isaiah Simmons, by the way. Great that he's buddy, like really good friends. He says probably his best friend on the team is DeAndre Hopkins. So a young player on the Arizona Cardinals that they invested a first round pick with who's got three big game changing plays this season for this team. He's friends with DeAndre Hopkins, probably your best player on this team. And they're just casually eating dinner at a place that has a two-month wait to get a table there. What's it called? Bacanora? I've never heard of this place, but of course I wouldn't. I would, that, that's that Maricopa? I don't think it's in Maricopa, Johnny. I don't think you can make any reses there. It looked like it was downtown <laughs> Phoenix by the this, this scene setter that they did. But uh, yeah, I agree with Aaron84 too, pay Byron Murphy. He's balling out the CB1 spot. Didn't see a whole lot from Byron Murphy uh, on that episode. Hopefully it's somebody that maybe they'll profile. But I did find it very interesting that Steve Trout of NFL Films told you, Johnny, that the, that a Kyler Murray profile is, is coming. I need it. I need it in my life. I need it before Thanksgiving, Christmas. I want Christmas to come early, and I want I want insight into him, and I want him to be candid. We got a little bit of Kyler one-on-one with the camera, whatever. We've seen that, countless other interviews, team sides. It felt, that felt to me a little scripted. Like, say what you want about Cliff. Cliff was just bumming around in his house, and, you know, people are going to take away that what he is. He's got some, I think, some gaudy decor, right? He's just living the bachelor <laughs> life, but that's Cliff, for better or right. worse. Like Cliff does not hide who he is. I want to know more about Kyler Murray off the field. I want to know what he thinks of like the public perception of himself. I want them to address that because this might be the only time until like after his playing career that we're going to get that insight from Kyler Murray. I want him to talk about the video game mantra and why he feels maybe that that's overblown and the contract situation and all of that. I, I don't know. I'm waiting for the Kyler episode but if you're HBO and you want to keep us dangling and the team's not winning, you, you may have to put that on the back burner and you may have to tease it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to find, I, I don't think they're going to have to get a search for storylines and it, it's good no. to hear that it's full transparency and, and that it's, you know, there's, there's nothing that's going to be thrown to the cutting room floor because the team says, ah, you can't show that because that would put us in a negative light. So yeah, uh, th- that kind of changed things that I, that I s- speculated on because of what Cliff said during a press conference today that the media relations guy was going to make sure he looks good or not look poor on, on HBO screen. But right. uh, Yeah. I mean, it's really going to be fascinating to see how the morale of this team and how they approach the next couple of weeks, because it was such a devastating loss and you, and you saw it play out uh, where they were to start that game, going into that game, start that game, play with the lead and then can then relinquish it almost immediately and then yeah. have a tough, like they've been doing all season long, chasing a lead, trying to get back in. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't going right because mainly because the offense was, was underperforming and not being able to get out of its own way. 
Uh, I mean, the third one snap over Kyler's head, the 12 mm-hmm. penalties. It was just, it was just brutal to see in replay in more of a dramatic fashion. Um, you know, no matter how, how much Buddha, you know, in the game, tried to put the team on his shoulders and, and outside the game, tried to put the team on his shoulders. Yeah. And they talked about it like, you know, Cardinals Hopkins or excuse me, Kyler Murray, like seven t- passing touchdowns in the last six games. And then yeah. they go into that game, they score in the opening possession and they don't do anything the rest of the game until, you know, the, the late in the fourth quarter. Um, and again, I think I thought they glossed over the offensive struggles, but you're not going to be able to hide that. If they play the Rams this weekend and they can't score and they play the Niners top rated defense in Mexico City and they can't move the football. Right. And San Diego, excuse me, Los, uh, Los Angeles Chargers have real defenders. So I to me, Bo, it's one of those things where I I want to see the struggle and be present in the huddle and know exactly what's going on, because I, I I know it has to run deeper than what we just see on Sundays, what you see from yeah. the press box, what we all see at home that this team personnel misplay calls skews whatever but i at the end of the day i just i keep going back to the fact that like i i'm not sure how buttoned up cliff is i don't know at the end of the day if his players are responding to him and maybe there's that turning point maybe they beat the rams sunday with or without kyler with or without stafford and it gets things going because you certainly we we don't root for losses here we want this team to win as many games as they can and they showed you how much they care um, dollar ninety nine super super chat from Jason. This team year four under Guru is is undisciplined. Hundred percent, no arguing yeah. that. Yeah, it certainly it was on display, and um, it, it's unfortunate. I, I will say I'll disagree with with uh, ninety one Claycomb. Just when you watch the 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 training camp hard knocks with with the Detroit Lions, I was relieved that I didn't see like a, a pregame halftime speech from every single position coach. It just felt like, you know, Deuce Staley, Mark Brunel, everybody involved with that that Lions staff was trying to win the season and just will their way to a, you know, above 500 record with a with a speech. And it just wasn't happening. I, I, I did like what I saw from guys like Sean Jefferson addressing the huddle issues and Matt Burke addressing the physicality issues with the D-line. Um, you know, and, and as far as the position coaches, it seemed like, Outside of maybe the, the pass rush group, I, I liked what I was hearing from those coaches. Now, that wasn't the head coach, but I think that the Cardinals have a, a pretty decent staff outside of that. Uh, and, and these guys, is, as far as uh, the players and the leaders in that lo- locker room, um, I mean, you hear J.J. Watt at the end of it. You like take, it, take the deepest look possible at yourself and, and, and deep, look deeper because we're not figuring it out. We haven't figured it out yet. We're three and six. We are what our record is. Yep. And if, when somebody tells you who they are, believe them. And believe me, we've got some premium deals going on at gophnx.com right now. Become a member just under 60 bucks for the entire year, Bo. Cop a free t-shirt from our PHNX merchandise locker. We've got these lids that are fantastic. Hottest hats in the Valley. You can read the work of our many talented peers, including our beat reporter here, Howard Balzer, who I'm sure is going to have a banger of an article following tonight. Let's go phnx.com. Another $1.99 super chat from Jason really going in on Cliff. Cliff the clown looks lost, unprepared, and no care. I just think he's he's just kind of, you know, carefree. That's Cliff. I did have to chuckle, though, 
at the beginning of the show when they're like, he mentored Patrick Mahomes. And I, I guarantee <laughs> most people who watched that said, mm, you know, let's let's maybe take a beat on that. Maybe once upon a time we all thought that. And now it's did Patrick Mahomes kind of mentor Cliff Kingsbury a little bit, uh, maybe. I mean, as far as we didn't really get that many big offers and, and Cliff at least saw the the talent and got him to first round level. So we'll see. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going all in on, on that. He mentored and, and made Patrick Mahomes who he is, but uh, it was nice to sit back and crack a tall boy. It wasn't a beer during the episode. It was liquid death. It's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps and it's called liquid death. Why is it called that? It's because it'll brutally murder your thirst infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. You can, and they're going to donate 10% of the profits for every can sold to help kill plastic pollution, free shipping on all water and merch at liquiddeath.com slash PHNX. That's liquiddeath.com slash PHNX. You can find liquid death in your local target fry sprouts. Uh, they got the sparkling and they got the, uh, the spring water. It's all great. Uh, episode one, a hard knocks, Johnny final thoughts. I mean, I, I thought that Buddha Baker was clearly the star and, you know, it, it, it makes me even more concerned about this team having to play Sunday against the Rams without him. You've got Jalen Thompson. Sure. His, his duo there in, in the back of that defensive secondary, but man, is he going to be missed? And with, with their linebacker coach, Bill Davis pleading with his linebackers to just match his energy uh, I mean, who's going to be able to do that come Sunday, albeit against a horrible Rams offense? Uh, I love this comment because I agree with it 100%, and it's something we talked about coming into this season, the icon 20634, basically saying, who are the alphas on this team? I don't think they have enough. I Frankly, vocal leaders, on-the-field leaders, You know, we've talked about Kyler Murray and where he needs to grow as a leader, but it's really it's like a Buddha, a D-hop, a Watt, and, you know, maybe a Humphreys, and then you're kind of kind of grasping his straws a little bit. Um, Jason uh, Krell, uh, thank you for the $1.99 <laughs> super chat. Time needs to go. Horrible draft picks. He's trash. Listen, uh, well, Dylan yeah. Klein, 247, a lot of cliff hate, not enough Kime hate. I think there's, you can see Dylan in the chat, there's plenty of Kime hate to go around, my man. Well, and I was going to say, if you, you're just joining us, I said it earlier. I mean, I was concerned to see the the relationship between Kime and Bidwell in the box watching the game. I mean, they were just buddy-buddy the whole time. They were dabbing each other up. And it doesn't look like Kime is anybody. He, he, he just, he look he watches the team like he owns the team, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. you get the sense that he doesn't, point. he doesn't feel uncomfortable about anything. He's pissed by what he's seeing and seeing this team underperform, but I was concerned just kind of seeing how kind of comfortable he was in his seat there up in the owner's box. I, I just did this at the end when he's just doing this with his face and just, yeah. you know, kind of, I, you know what? It's a brave move for Steve to sit right next to the owner when the team is so shitty at home. Like that, that takes some stones, whether or not you think, I don't know if it's, is it, a jam. Is, it, is it ignorance? Is it, I mean, is it because he's not going to be told what the hell is this? Hey, what the hell is this, Steve? Why, why is it? Why do we have no depth all those on players, the offensive all those line? Players are an offensive line? All those, yeah. No, no, they're all going to he's, Pro Bowls. They're all, he looks like the Homelander watching that movie. The, the, it's the GIF, the GIF of, of Homelander watching the movie. Yeah. Hey, listen, what a banger of a first episode, HBO hard uh, knocks, PHNX Cardinals after dark. Again, we're going to be doing this after every single episode 
of Hard Knocks with the Arizona Cardinals. We want to thank Steve Trout from NFL Films for joining us. We're going to try to have a special guest every single week, but you are also special to us. We appreciate the engagement. Some of you are here at 4 o'clock now. We're running it back at 9 just for you guys. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. We're back on Friday. See everybody. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.